Welcome to The Fix. Sit down with copywriting experts Nick O'Connor and Glenn Fisher as they review, discuss and improve real-world copy sent in by you. This is The Fix. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Fix. Our guest today is Joshua Lee Henry who is a copy chief at one of the imprints at Banyan Hill Publishing. I'll let him tell you a little bit more about what he does over there and as well as that as we go on today. But before we talk about all of that, Glenn, shall we dive straight into a piece of copy so that we give Joshua the sort of fixed baptism of fire? The first time we let him say anything, he has to review a piece of copy. This is what I, I like. To it's how it works. Today. Um, it'd be funny if I just went on and like read a piece of copy for like half an hour and just, just Joshua's just sat there like, yep, this is great. Like I want to see that as the, as a thing. Anyway, um, you've got a choice. You've got, we've got two, we've got quite a lot of, uh, copy in, uh, when I said that we were doing a few, uh, financial specials, I've got two pieces of email copy. You can have crypto. I don't know why I'm doing this handshake crypto or pharma. P or C. Well, I'm going to let you choose. Um, you said pharma, like uh, like yeah, pharmaceutical? pharmaceuticals. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, I don't know. I I could do either. Let's do pharmaceutical. Pharmaceutical. Was that what you're going to say, Nick? Or what? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right. I will share my screen then, and I will read the pharmaceuticals for no for anybody who's not uh, watching but is listening. There we go. Right. So it's an email, email lift, endo, uh, dedicated, whatever people call it. Uh, the subject line, uh, I think there's kind of two here. It says $5 stocks that could solve 500% in nine months, or you've got how to spot $5 stocks with a 500% upside. Dear reader, imagine buying turns pharmaceuticals at $2.57 in April last year before it rallied to 620% gains in only nine months. Or client therapeutics at uh, $4.95 before it surges 753% in just eight and a half months, trading as much as $34 a share. Or Mehua um, International Medical Technologies at $2.88 before it shot up 1,276% in a mere seven months. That's enough to turn a $10,000 investment into a $137,600 windfall in mere seven months. All you had to do was get ahead of Wall Street, identify hidden gems before they hit the mainstream. But here's the thing. In today's unpredictable market, it's almost impossible for everyday investors like you and me to identify hidden gems before Wall Street grabs hold of it. Uh, that's why I spent 24 months developing a brand new strategy. This groundbreaking strategy will help you spot hidden gems all under $5 before Wall Street even has a clue. I just compiled a short video with everything you need to know about this brand new strategy, but you have to act now because this brand new strategy just uncovered five hidden gems under $5 that are set to sort at any moment. Click here to spot these under $5 stocks before they saw to good profits and beyond. There you go. Nicholas Kane. I'll go first. He's a little cast, but you are. Well, I'll go first purely to, um, because I think it's polite. We, as always, we never show the copy to our guests before they come on the show. 
So I think it's, it's only polite that we give them the chance to read it a couple of times. Uh, so this is a, the point of that is that this is a real live copy review. This isn't something that we've been looking at for a couple of days and making notes. This is us experiencing it as both as copywriters, but as as prospects. You know, we're experiencing it for the first time. I think that's really important. I'll just lead off by just making a slightly general point that we'll dive into the copy, which is I'm always slightly uh, against opening up with things that are just about numbers, numbers of, you know, numbers, 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 numbers. There's two reasons for that. One is really simple. They're hard to say and read. And, and, and you know, Glenn, God bless you. You're not the best reader in the, in the world at the best of times. I don't know how to read that. You, you, you could hear it as Glenn was trying to read. You, it's hard work to get the words out. Now, I know it's an email, but it's still, there's a mental aspect to that. The second and more important point is nobody has an emotional connection to a number. You don't say like, oh, well, the number seven does nothing for me, but the number 77, oh, 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 oh yeah, I'm into it now. And like, I see this a lot with newer copywriters that they think, if I just put a big enough number in there, it will inspire a bigger response. And that's not true. A big number can support a good idea. But generally, the reason we see, imagine buying Apple at whatever price. That works because we know and have a, an emotional response to what Apple is and means and did. It's a schema. The, because these stocks aren't well known, the only thing I'm, I can do is try and feel something about a number. And I can't and nobody can. So that's my way of saying I wouldn't start my pitch and build my pitch around imagine making loads of money from, from you know, imagine making these big number gains because I don't know if that makes me feel enough that to cut through in this market and open up the conversation I want to have with my reader. Those numbers can support a bigger idea, absolutely, but can they be the idea i don't think so so i would look for a new way of starting this email perhaps we can um have a think about what that might be joshua you know what, what would your take be you know guys i i thought you know i i thought we were like on some kind of hidden camera show right now uh i i've never seen this copy uh but gentlemen this email is for a promo that i wrote <laughs> This this email is probably a spec promo that one of the copywriters that follow your show is setting in for a review to send to my inbox. I wrote this promo. We have lifts right now running this week through our deads and uh, you know uh, some of our affiliate partners that are selling this promo right now. I just checked the Zambezi this this morning. We had a handful of sales. We've been making sales all all week, and so I, I thought you know I thought you guys were having some good crack in my expense here uh, with this letter. No. Um, so that's crazy. Yeah. And I, I had no idea, you know, I had no idea. So I, I would say that, uh, Nick, I, I think that your feedback is spot on. And I'll tell you right now that a, a couple of things, some, some insider baseball, uh, these specific examples here, Pliant, uh, Mehua and Terrence Pharmaceuticals, you know, we have those names and those stocks in the promo. Uh, initially we had them a little bit earlier on in the promo, but these are just honestly hard names to say. They're hard names to say. They're hard names to pronounce. They're not commonly, you know, known stocks. 
Um, and so we had to do several read-throughs and, and decide whether or not we even wanted to have Mehua International Medical Technologies as a name listed out in the problem because it, it's a mouthful. And so um, I agree that in a lift like this, um, I would not have three rapid-fire bullet points of, of stocks that are hard to say. They're unfamiliar. There's a lot of numbers here. When you just look at it, if you count the subject line in the preview and the first three lines of body copy, you got a lot going on. I appreciate what the copywriter tried to do by getting these big gains in there right away. I mean, a lot of this is, is quite honestly, almost verbatim from the promo, just kind of rearranged in some different ways. Um, but can I tell you what we've been doing in the lifts this week? Well, before you do that, why don't you tell us what the, because this is a really unique opportunity for us to have, because yep. we yep. didn't plan this at all. So No, not at all. Or, I should have said crypto. I should have said crypto, Glenn. <laughs> no, I don't know. We, it wouldn't be anywhere near as uh, as unique an episode. So before you tell us what's working on the lift side, tell us briefly what the big idea behind the promotion is, because I think that's what's missing from the lift, which is some yeah. sense of the deeper idea. So what is it? Because we're in a position the, the big idea in this sentence is that there are more stocks right now trading under $5 than ever before in market history. And of those, um, Adam, the guru, my guru that I write for, has been able to spot the best stocks that are set to soar 500% this year. And the the strategy that he's created to do that is we've, we've noticed that uh, hedge funds, these big hedge funds, invest into the stock. They have to invest in the stock in, in different increments because they can't buy you know just tons and tons of shares of the stock. And so what we've noticed is that he's got a rating system, a stock rating system, is that when these $5 stocks are in a bullish rating, the hedge funds pile in. And we've got a tremendous amount of proof of all of these stock examples where they've done this. And so what we've seen is coming out of bear markets in general, small caps outperform the market overall, um, especially coming out of a recession or a downtime. And so uh, the idea is that there are more $5 stocks than ever before. You're able to get into them right now uh, before the hedge funds can because of this SEC ruling and because they have to go in in increments. And Adam has a stock rating uh, strategy to find the best stock set to soar 500% or more this year. And so- I'm, it's been a few months since I've worked on this promo, aside from the lifts this week, and so I'm, I might have butchered that big idea a little bit, but is that is that clear? Yeah, no, you didn't butcher it at all, at all. I would say, sorry, Glenn, I know you want to say something, but just a point I'd make is when you hear a copywriter lay out the actual idea behind the copy so clearly, that was that was clear. There's, you know, I, I'm, gonna, I'm picking out a few things, but it was $5 stocks, big institutions, restrictions from the SEC system that helps you find them, right? That's the idea. Exactly. That's the idea. That's the idea. Yep. You need that level of clarity. I'm not talking to you now. I'm talking to you, the audience, the wider copywriting community. That level of clarity about what your idea is in order to write a strong promotion. And when you have that, I don't want to say the lift notes write themselves because they definitely don't and we have to write a lot of them. But you can, you know, I just picked four things. Those are four angles you can probably pick for a lift note, and you could probably write five variations of each around each. That's the way you need to be. And if you didn't write the promotion to begin with and you're trying to write spec lifts, that's tricky. But you have to ask yourself, what is the big idea? And lay it out for yourself. And I think that's the groundwork that needs to be done here because that outline you just gave us gave us loads and loads and loads of different ways in that maybe aren't present here. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to just add something because I, I was like, I can see a world where those three lines of the imagine 
um, company X at this price going up this time. We write that copy all day long in promo, in promos. And I'll, I'll, this is where my point will be. I wrote something like that this morning. Like that's in a promo that like I'm submitting today kind of thing. And in a promo where you've got a little bit more room, you can kind of get that stuff out. You'd get the, the names out. You could probably get in the difficult names. I know like I, I'm like that where I'd be like, oh, God, that's quite hard to say, but is it worth having it? In a promo, yeah, you can play with that. You've got the room to breathe. In a lift note like this, I was I was gonna advise just on a very like technical level, like the copyright doesn't have to necessarily get rid of that full idea. You could come in and say, um, like, um, one co company up five thousand pounds. Do it, do it. You could reduce the numbers on a purely like numerical level. You've got about fifteen at the moment. If you just took the gains, which is the thing, but then the idea, what you're talking about, Nick, as well, and what Joshua explaining it there, you could come in and go, stock X up 1,000%, stock Y up the... Obviously, they're all connected by big gains, but what's the real thing here? Yeah. It's the fact that they're all under $5. What the copyright has done is gone, oh, yeah, because it's saying 257 it's saying 495 it's saying... But they've not... They've just picked out copy from the promo where it's got room to breathe, but they've put it in an email which where it, it suffocates because it's the walls are smaller and thinner. And now it's complicated. Now you can't get that. But because you've not probably given that idea, I think you want to be fresh. And it's a, it's a reason to come at lift notes and dedicated to whatever with the fresh thing. If you imbibe, I spoke about this with uh, Duncan on the live call for Fix Accelerate recently. But if you, once you imbibe that idea, as Joshua just very nicely put together, here's the idea. Stocks under $5. That's what unites them all. It, they're ahead of this for this reason, blah, blah, blah. Then you can go, right, cool. I'm just going to write a fresh lift without anything of that promo, but based on the basic idea. Then you can go and go, right, now I need to add proof to it. Oh, nice one. I've got all these stocks in the promo. I can put the detail in that. I can put that stuff in there. Rather than, which I suspect, I'm obsessed with like figuring out why copywriters write the stuff they do. And it's, I think the copyright here will have gone right, there's the promo, I need to lift that information from there to the lift because that's what everybody does. It's like, no, no, you take the idea, then you'll go fishing for the promo for the material that you might need to like support your idea for that lift. You've got four ideas. Like, they're under five stocks. There's massive gains. They're before Wall Street. They're all separate individual lifts. But uh, it's really interesting to see it from uh, the, the other side, from both sides. And I think that's what you guys are both saying is you, you don't, I see this a lot with copyright because my inbox, my email inbox, my LinkedIn inbox constantly flooded with, hey, here's a swipe and, or, you know, here, here's a spec list I wrote and here's, you know, are you hiring copywriters? And we can talk uh, a little bit later about, you know, the best way to approach a copy sheet or a publisher, in my opinion. But um, I get these lifts and I see what the, what the writer has done is regurgitated a 10,000 word promo and put, you know, 500 words of that kind of mixed matched all together into a lift. And in my mind, you know, that, that lift type of lift may work someplace in the series of a, you know, maybe an abandoned sequence or something like that. Um, but, but that's not really what's going to get my attention as a copy chief. And, and that's not the type of lift that I would write if I were reopening up the promo the way that we're doing this week. And so there are layers to that promo. There are layers to the idea and layers to the story and in a lift like this, you only have so much space. You only have so much time and attention. 
You want to be as clear and as emotionally compelling as possible in that in that lift to get the click. Because with emails, gentlemen, you're not selling the promo in email. You're selling the click. You don't. This this is a two thousand dollar backend. You're not. You don't need to give them everything they need to know to buy the promo and the lift. All you're doing is trying to get them to click through the promo and go to the click through the email and go to the promo landing page. You know what I mean? And so you have to know how much to reveal, how much to give away, how much to tease, and when you need to make that turn in the call to action to get them to go to that landing page. And so you don't have to give them the whole enchilada. You know what I mean? Like you just tease an idea, make that really clear and emotionally compelling. And then give them that call to action. I, I, I describe it often as uh, lifts as telling a joke without the punchline. Like the punchline comes when you click. You have to open that loop and then you pay it off on the on, in the promo and on the landing page. I think um, and perhaps, Glenn, could we, could we just move the copy off the screen for a second? And we'll, we'll sort of expand this out into how people can, can go about pitching work. One, one way I would um, preface this... And, you may disagree with this, Joshua, so I'm interested to know your um, your view. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Just regurgitating the promotion or taking the the root one idea from the promotion is not something I would recommend somebody doing on spec. And the reason for that is the copywriter will already have done that, okay? So yes. if you're pitching spec emails, I think you should write to a copy chief or a copywriter who has written... 50 lift notes about this idea already and just cannot think of any more. Because believe me, when something works, that is the situation you're put in. And your biggest challenge as a copy chief or as a copywriter is you feel like, my God, I've said everything. So if somebody comes to your business and said, hey, I thought these ideas. So you by that, that by that I mean you've got some stuff that's a little bit more out there that's not route one, it's not route two, it's like you know the twenty sixth idea, something a bit unusual. The copy chief is much more likely to think this is someone I need. Now, when you're within that business, you may get to write the fifth or sixth effort, whatever. You might not be so far in, but that's who you're pitching to. Somebody who they don't need to see a good take of the the straight version. Like, it's kind of like sending Paul McCartney your version of Get Back exactly like he did it. It'd be like, well, yeah, but I already know how to do it like that. So, but if you do the acapella reggae style, Glenn, sh- 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 like if you, you do get weird, <laughs> uh-huh, if you do uh-huh. weird, he might think, I'd never heard that in the song. And he's going to see you differently. And it's kind of, in my view, the same. That's how I would approach pitching. It's hooks they need. They're tired. The copy chief doesn't know what, what else to say, and they need somebody to come along and say, "Here's some fresh ways in." Uh, Joshua, you may completely disagree, or, or I hope you agree. I totally agree. I totally agree, Nick. Because here's the thing: like when I see a promo, when I see an email, like what we just saw, not not to um, disparage that copywriter at all. Like you're not telling me anything. I have it. Like I've already written that lift. You know what I mean? Like any any good version of that lift has already been written multiple times. You know what I mean? Like what you're saying when you are. 50, 60, 70 emails, you know, promos that just run for years and you're writing these new lifts and you're trying to keep it evergreen and at the same time, very timely, you know, and urgent, top of mind for the audience. You have to have new ideas. And so when I see an email from a a writer sending, you know, to me on spec and it just summarizes the main point of the promo, in my mind, that doesn't show me anything. All that has shown me is that you watched the promo, you've taken some good notes and you've probably swiped emails that I already wrote for the promo that are in your inbox. You know what I mean? 
Um, what I prefer most is new ideas and new research that connects to the big idea of the promo. Because like you said, I need more hooks. I wrote the, this promo launched in April. I wrote it, you know, at, at the end of last year and early part of this year. I've written two promos since then. I'm chiefing three other, you know, backends right now. Like I need new ideas that I can run with and give a, a quick review of, touch up a little bit and get out the door right away. I don't want a regurgitation of the promo lifts that were used during launch week. And so that that's ex absolutely the case. One of the strategies that I teach, and, and uh, Glenn, I don't know if you're going to jump in or say anything, or um, I can I can keep uh, ranting on this. I, I'm on my soapbox here, gentlemen. So, uh, you know, one of the strategies that I teach is uh, what I call news jacking. And I'll give you an example of the types of lifts that one of my protégés, uh, one of the guys on my, on my copy team, is writing this week for this. So in the promo, we talk about uh, two a number of stocks, but two popular stocks this year. Uh, that were under five dollars apple and nvidia apple and nvidia were both under five dollars at one point you know 2009 2002 and we talk about the tremendous gains that they've been on but that story works for each of those stocks right now because they've been so hot this year and so one of my junior copywriters went out and find a unique found a unique angle into nvidia now this is crazy everybody's talked about the ai you know angle with nvidia and, and you know it's carrying the s p and this and that NVIDIA CEO, uh, Jensen Hong, or how, however you say the gentleman's name, their biggest competitor, AMD, Advanced Micro Devices, their CEO and NVIDIA's CEO are cousins. The, the two biggest, NVIDIA's big, NVIDIA, the biggest AI chip maker in the world, you know, uh, their biggest competitor, AMD, their CEO and NVIDIA's CEO are cousins. Kind of sounds like a Jerry Springer episode to me. You know what I mean? Like, wait, wait, what's going on here? So, so the copywriter was telling this story uh, about this this family feud that you know this business rivalry that transcends the boardroom. It's almost like a family feud thing. This is too crazy. It's too coincidental to to go unnoticed. Uh, and, and talking about how Nvidia skyrocketed, AMD skyrocketed. Uh, they're they're capitalizing on the AI mega trend. They were under five dollars. Yada yada yada. And then we make the turn into, you know, there's another AI stock that's under $5 right now, the NVIDIA and AMD, you know, and, and we go into that. But like we got there by telling another story that was interesting, that was appealing to grade, that was teasing NVIDIA in, in a different and indirect way uh, that still got us to that turn in the email, you know. So that, that was one of the emails that's working very well this week. Another one was all about Apple. And Apple's earnings that just came out, you know, all, we're still in earnings season and uh, Buffett's, you know, increase. Buffett owns, you know, the majority, this is all from the research that the copywriter found. So I might be, uh, he's the one that wrote it, so I might, I might not get all the facts straight. But the majority of Berkshire's earnings um, or, or profits or whatever come from four stocks. Buffett, Berkshire owns uh, three of those companies 100%. The fourth company, Buffett only owns 5.47% of that fourth company is Apple. And so he tells this whole story of how 5.4% of ownership that Berkshire has in Apple is responsible for like 75% of the profits for Berkshire. And we tell this whole story of when Buffett got in in 2016. And, you know, Buffett's been, you know, he's buying Coca-Cola and oil stocks, but he's buying this, this you know, Apple company and, and he, he just put more money in. But guess what? Apple used to be below $5. Think about when you bought Apple in 2016, when Buffett did, it was only, you know, whatever it was, 20 bucks, whatever it was. Imagine if you got in when it, you know, uh, in, in 2009, when it just, you know, or whatever it was before we released the iPhone. And we tell this story, but we didn't start out of the gate with like, 
you know, yeah, like go buy Apple or, or here's the next stock that's going to be the next Apple. We started with this interesting story that was top of mind that news jacked the earnings call with Buffett and, and tons of credibility. And, and that worked very well, you know. Does that make sense? Does, yeah, does that absolutely. like, yeah, it's the research Apple or the, the, I think that's a good point as well. If we're sort of in advice giving mode, if you can come up with a hook that the copy chief hasn't um, uh, seen, then that's great. But the first step to that is coming up with a fact or a story, some little factoid, I suppose you would call it, like a sort of hook, hooky fact that they didn't know. Like, hey, did you know those two guys are related? That's the kernel from which that, and the copy cheat will help you polish up the work a little bit. I think we should stress that, that yeah. writers, most of the writers that I've ever met are really giving with their time, willing to give feedback, willing to help writers. But they won't go and find that fact for you. That's what we don't yeah. like. And we yeah. speak on behalf of everybody now. We don't want to go and do that because then we think, frankly, why the fuck do I need you? I went and found that. You have to bleep that out. Um, so if you can bring that call, hey, I found this weird thing. And like, um, oh, I think I've got a lift out. If the lift out is slightly hard to make work, I think the coffee chief will give you a pass because they'll be like, yeah, but the idea and the story is cool. Let's work with this person. So that's the way to think about it. I think maybe sometimes people go a bit safe. You know, it's harder to make those those lifts that you talked about are interesting, but slightly more complex than you would see. Oh, yeah. Admit. Yeah. But it's better to try that and find the cool thing and not quite get it right, but show something than show something that's technically very polished, but a little bit unedifying idea. Yeah, you, 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 the, the cousins thing, like that story is just straight away. I've got like an image of like, well, it's kind of Tony Soprano, but like a, a barbecue with the sausages and what have you. And that scene where it's two cousins like chatting over the sausage, like going, all right, like blah, blah, and what have you. If you wrote me a lift note, if I'm there and I'm receiving this stuff, I'm busy, and it just says, dear reader, like, it's like a, a, a yard in in outside like Syracuse or something, and there's two people like arguing over like the who's going to like lead the barbecue thing. Blah blah. You're like, what the fuck is this? Like, you well, just the opening line of like it started as a family fight. Like, whatever. Yeah. And like, it's just in the register of like. Even if you don't get to the point, the point I was going to make, and and the, you, it alludes to what you were saying earlier on Joshua about like selling the click, selling the, the 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 lift note itself. If you got to the end of that going, blah, blah, there's all this thing, and go, and there's one thing that could like make you a load of money uh, because of this thing. Now I'm going, what is this? Now in business mode, in like, actually, this lift note is nonsense, and it's a miraculous story that you've written and what have you, we can figure that out, and we can start putting gains and the boring stuff back in. But that when we're talking to copywriters who are looking to get gigs, who are sending in this copy, if you just send in, even if you clean that, uh, the lift note we've looked at today, and there was good writing in that. I just want to make, yeah. there was some good writing. There was some bits that I repeat. And, and there's enough advice out there to, to cover that, but it was good writing, but, but it was, it was a, it was a lift note. And there's about a hundred of them in my inbox right now. Like I think America woken up recently and you get the spate around that time in the UK, just after lunch. It's just like, Biden, 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 And it's like, all right, they're all there. They're all already been written, as you say. But if I got there and then going, all right, there's two men like having a barbecue and that's 
that's the key to a million pounds in my bank account. Now I'm listening. And that that's the moral of the story. It's it's but it comes back to and Joshua, it's great to hear you saying the same thing. It's what Nick talks about a lot. And it's what I've latterly realized more and more. It's all in the research. It's all finding those little nuggets of detail and going, all right, now I can hang that. And you you go, you know inherently when you find the detail as a copyright, eventually you go, that's it. That's yeah, as far as I need to go. I can I can make stuff up now. Like you've given me the the kernel of truth. Now I can go back and be a copywriter. But you just have to be like a just fact tunnel in there, like newsjacking, whatever that you call it. It's like you find the fact and you go, that's enough. I can go with that. And then you work back up and go right. Let's let's get copy on this and let's play around. But I think too many people miss that. Uh, we, we we could turn into lecturing uh, like copy chiefs at this stage, but it is. We see it so often, and, I, and from the sounds of it, I think you do as well. That it is that is what oh, you, you would just put yourself a million times higher than most people in the industry if you presented that to people, rather than um, taking a bit of a promo, rewriting it into a shorter form, which is essentially impossible anyway, because that's why the promo is ten thousand words to begin with. Yeah. Isn't it? So yeah. I call it I call it uh, providing value in advance. Because I, you know, nowadays we can have AI summarize the promo. We can have I can have you know one of my editor, you know, editorial team members take 500 words of the promo, smooth it out. I can you know punch it up and make it into an email. That's not what's going to make me hire a new copywriter. What's going to make me want to hire a new copywriter is somebody that shows me they put the time in to do the research and they found a new unique idea. Because again, I'm working on a 15 different projects. When I have to go back and go get new ideas for old promos that I wrote months ago to get lifts out the door to sell those promos, like what takes a load off of my plate is somebody that can go get that idea and then bring it to me. And like what you guys said, I can punch it up and make it fit. I can add the, I add some gains back in if needed. I can you know add some you know lines from the promo if needed to to provide credibility and proof. But if you bring me an idea, that's the most important thing in our business. You know, Bill always talks about we're you know we're an idea business it's ideas 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 i actually uh, i always like to try and correct bill's uh thing there because i think it's true but it's also slightly wrong which is we're people have ideas so we're a people business like sure we need ideas but we need to find the people who who have those ideas and really nurture them and develop them and i wondered if that might be a sort of jumping off point for us to for you really to talk a little bit more about um the work that you do as well as being a copy chief at, at Banyan Hill because nurturing and finding and uh, and developing new copywriters is a big part of what you do. So can you tell us more about that? We're, just by the way, we're going to put a link that provides more information about all of this, both underneath this video if you're watching on YouTube and within the body of the email through which we, we broadcast this episode if you clicked on that link. So you can either find it directly below on YouTube or in the original email. So there's more information out there. But Joshua, tell us more about what you've been doing because it sounds interesting. Yeah, so I'm co-founder with Kevin Rogers from Copy Chief of what we call the World of Financial Copywriting. And what this is, is it's a private online community through the Copy Chief Forum where we uh, train and place new financial copywriters with major publishers, both within the Agora universe, in the market-wise companies, and others, you know, uh, companies like uh, Seeking Alpha, Motley Fool, uh, Tim Sykes, you know, um, other financial publishers. And so 
what we noticed is in 2020, when everybody you know worked at home and, and uh, everybody had to go remote, before that, if you wanted to get a job at Agora, you had to relocate to Baltimore or to Florida. And for many people, that wasn't an option. I myself turned down an incredible opportunity in 2019 uh, with Money Map Press because I was unable, I, I was unwilling to relocate my family uh, because of uh, certain responsibilities and circumstances. I was unwilling to go in-house full-time with Money Map, even though, even though they wanted me to. I, I eventually did um, a, a year later. But uh, in 2019, I was unable to relocate. In 2020, the world shut down with COVID, the pandemic and whatnot. They called and they said, listen, we really want you. You don't have to relocate anymore. Can you join us? And I said, that's great. You know, And so since 2020, there has been a, a relaxing of that need to relocate. And so what we found is that we've been able to create and package um, a training process to recruit new financial copywriters and onboard them with these major publishers without having to let them relocate. And we do that through the world of financial copywriting. This was an initial partnership that we had uh, with Banyan Hill. And in 2021, we helped them hire about a dozen copywriters, okay? Um, what we then saw, and then we, it worked so good with us training Aaron, the CEO of Banyan and I, and a number of other, uh, very high profile guests came in to give this training all online. And we had a community, we were giving real time feedback on spec assignments. We were helping people interview. We were helping, I, I was personally helping, uh, copywriters negotiate contracts with royalties and retainers and whatnot. And we were, we were playing both sides of it because we had agreements with publishers to hire and we had this constant influx of new writers that were wanting to break into the industry. And so we were basically matchmaking them, uh, you know, training writers and helping them find the best position. And it worked so well that Aaron put me in contact with Erica Nolan over at 14 West, and we began placing writers internationally. So we got writers gigs over at Agora Australia, um, at uh, Agora Germany, Agora France, it was a WRB, I think, over in Germany. Um, because, you know, there are writers all over the world that, that are looking to break into the industry. And, and that worked great. And then we had the bear market of 2022. And a lot of those publishers had to do some layoffs. And they made cuts that were necessary at the time. Um, but I think now in hindsight, some of them are looking that uh, looking like maybe they made cuts too deep. And so now there is a scramble with certain publishers to get good quality people. Because you're right, Nick, it is a people business. People have ideas. Getting the right people on the bus and getting those people in the right seats on the bus as copywriters, as uh, editors teams, as marketing teams, as email uh, team associates. And so we have reopened the doors to World of Financial Copywriting. We just did this at the end of June. We made a big deal about it. Mark Ford, uh, you know, the Mark Ford was one of our early special guests. I know you guys are going to have him uh, in a, about a month or so over at uh, FixFest, you know. And so anytime you get to talk to Mark, I always enjoy it. He's been a, a great mentor of mine. And so, um, you know, we had him on. Uh, we've got a number of other very high profile uh, copywriters, copy chiefs, uh, within the Agora world, uh, coming in to do special presentations because hire, you know, publishers are hiring again now. Um, maybe it's not to the degree that they were, you know, 24 months ago, uh, but that is starting to change. I think that, you know, as things continue to pick up and these front ends continue to work, they're going to be scrambling for more more writers. We have hired a number of writers here in the last couple of months at Banyan Hill, uh, you know, uh, contract writers, W2 writers. Uh, to get promos out the door because, you know, when you go from a lean, mean team of just a handful of writers and, and, and the market picks back up, you need to get promos out the door. We're relaunching promos that we had from years ago. We're cranking new promos out. And so through the world of financial copywriting, 
we are bringing new writers into the industry and helping them find jobs, you know, with these publishers. And again, that could be a, a contract, that could be a W-2. So um, I could go on, but uh, but yeah, um, that that's world of financial copywriting in a nutshell. So I think the, the, the best thing people can do if they want to find out more, because I suppose we could talk for hours about this, but it would, uh, it, it would increasingly become us repeating ourselves, which is, uh, which would be fun, but probably not to listen to. Uh, the best way of learning more is to just uh, to, to, to check out the, 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 the link underneath the video or in the email that I mentioned. So that will link, that will link you directly to find out more information about uh, everything that Joshua just talked about. And the one thing that I would say is if you want to break into this industry, you, nobody does it alone. It's just not true. And they generally don't do it by reading a book. Those things may support their progression, absolutely. But in general, I don't want to say it's who you know in terms of you need people to do favors for you because that's not the case. But it's who you know in terms of who is able to teach you, to provide you feedback, to share their knowledge with you and show you how it's done. Everybody has a mentor in one way or another. I never thought it at the time when I started when I look back, I obviously did have people that were mentoring me and keeping their eye on me and keeping me on the sort of straight and narrow. So that will always be the case. I don't think that will ever change. So if you're interested in trying to break into these industries, then that's a great way forward of trying to find somebody to work with you, to learn from whatever it might be. So I sort of thoroughly recommend checking that out. However, I think we should probably wrap today's show up because we've taken up enough of your time. So it's the afternoon. We record these things in the afternoon UK time when we're tired. And just the morning in the US, which is kind of prime writing time. Uh, so I'm guessing we should let you go and try and get some of those promotions out the door or write another 50 lift notes or whatever it is that you have on the docket for the rest of the day. But um, Joshua, it's been an absolute pleasure having you, mate. And uh, oh, by the way, one final thing. If you have questions for Joshua about anything that you just talked about, just get in touch with us. You know, uh, Use the email feedback at thefixcopywriting.com. We'll either answer your question if we can or we'll put you in touch directly with Joshua. So that's the easiest way of doing that. Uh, Joshua, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure, mate. Yeah. What a uh, amazing you, Mike. chance of like getting that lift note for your uh, promo as well. So uh, good luck with that. Um, yeah, probably thank never happen again. I don't think we'll ever brand randomly Randomly, have a piece of copy submitted on spec for the writer the other one was for uh tika uh is it tuari i don't know how it's uh pronounced tuari surname i think is he still with palm beach or is that still going but uh the other one so that was uh just so you you know that in the pot that was where uh where we were i thought we were going to do that one and then i i saw this other one so i was like oh i'll throw that in as well there you go. Can I say to whoever that writer was that had that lift, do not be discouraged. As Glenn said, there was a lot of good things in that lift. Do not be discouraged. You're on the right track and reach out to me. You know, I don't know who you are. You know who I am. Reach out to me. Um, and uh, I'll email you go through the guys from the podcast or hit me on LinkedIn. What's that? I'll, I'll email you up to it. It's all my copy that we reviewed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is just the most yeah, no, I appreciate every thing I've ever created in my life. All of the fixed copy that we've ever seen has always been my copy. Uh, I just like keep hosting myself within different bodies. Oh, yeah, sorry. There you go. So you've had your copy reviewed by Joshua, and now he's opening the door to, uh, you know, take some more advice or whatever it might be. So uh, 
Yeah. Well, what a gentleman. We'll use that as a chance to wrap things up for today. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Joshua, like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure. Glenn, you were here too. Thank you very much, everybody, and goodbye. If you enjoy The Fix and want to get access to even more good stuff, join The Fix Accelerator today. Get access to special masterclasses from Nick and me, watch expert interviews with industry legends, join live copy feedback sessions every week, and get connected to our very own private copy network. Visit thefixaccelerator.com for more information.